0: Welcome to the Table. Welcome to the Table is a podcast put on by the good people of Pulpit Rock Church in Colorado Springs, Colorado. It's an opportunity for us to invite you to sit at a table with us as we have conversations about things that we find interesting or helpful in our journey with God. And we are in the middle of this season having a conversation, and so we're going to be diving back into that conversation right now.
1: Um, Well, I'd love to give our listeners some simple tools that we have learned and have been talking about um, from this book, Good Pictures, Bad Pictures. She gives us steps to share with your kiddo that they can take when they see pornography. I love the fact that the title is Good Pictures, Bad Pictures, but you get into it and within like the first page or two, she says, hey, just call this for what it is. Teach your kid the word pornography. Ask him, have you heard that word before? Um, which I asked my my ten year old, and she had not heard that before. Yeah, and I said, uh, "Have you heard the word porn?" And she said, "No." Um, and then I just went on to say, "Well, this is what that is. It's it's pictures of people who maybe don't have a lot of clothes on, or maybe they don't have any clothes on at all. Isn't that kind of weird?" You know, and her face is like, "What? Why would we do that? Why would anyone do yeah. that?" Yeah, that's weird, isn't it? But it's a thing, you know. And and you have a screen now, and. Um, People put things like that on the internet. I've explained to my kids that we're going to have internet filters in our house. Well, why? Because it always, you know, those things are hard to manage and oftentimes it'll block things that really don't need to be blocked and I can go in and troubleshoot and allow specific websites, but they get so frustrated with that. And we've explained it to them. Well, it's the internet is like a highway of traffic. And would we ever just let you wander out into the highway unprotected and, and just hope for the best? You know, no, we want to protect you, and so filters are kind of they help protect you from all the traffic that you're going to see. Yeah. Um, but I love that she starts with just call it for what it is. Teach them that word, pornography.
2: I love also that she um, gives kind of some differences, like if you have a science textbook or you have a work of art, yeah, like um, just. These nuances that are confusing to kids, and age appropriately, you can explain that. Right. I mean, for my five-year-old, I kind of just explained. He knows, like, a picture of someone that shows something where your swimsuit goes. Right. We don't want to look at. Yeah. We can kind of leave it at that for now. Right. But then, yeah, it gets a little bit more confusing as you get yeah. older. Like, well, why are we looking at this statue, Mom? Yeah.
0: Right. <laughs> Is that porn? Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well and, and somehow there's a balance of, uh, like I don't want them. I don't want my kids to believe that sex is wrong or shame right. mm-hmm. or naughty or right. dirty or that the, for my boys, that the female body is something that, um, sh- you know, yes. something yeah. that is mm-hmm. a negative. So, so, so how, how will I do that? Well, I mean, I, I want to be making sure that when I'm talking to my kids, I'm also telling them the, the, the positive sides. I'm telling them hey, this is what God's plan was or this is why you are here because God loved you and wanted to bring you into the world. And so this is the way that mom and dad, you know, that he designed. Like, I want to show them those things, and I want them to know that, um, I don't know, that it's kind of the bigger principle of life, that there are things that are good that God has given that people take mm-hmm. and twist right. for bad things. But I, I don't want to just walk away with this thought that it's just all about stopping them from seeing porn. Right. Yeah. I guess.
1: Yeah, because that's not all. Everything isn't all scary and bad. You know, it's just, yeah. it's just true of of this world that we're in. Well, as far as the tools that this book mentions, um, she says don't be afraid to explain to your kids, even your young kids, what the word pornography means, and let them use that word. And I love, I love the steps she gives for kids to take when they see porn. Um, It's pretty simple to tell our kids to say out loud, that's pornography, Mm -hmm. so that they recognize it and can vocalize it. And it kind of, um, I don't know, it takes the scary isolated piece out of it, just saying it out loud. Um, I think she says, hey, if you're around a lot of people, if if you're on a school bus and a kid shows you a screen, a picture of pornography, you know, you don't have to stand up and be like, that's pornography. But to even <laughs> whisper, that's pornography. Like, I know that's what that is. Name it. Yeah, just name it. Um, there's some power in that. And then uh, the next step is to look away or close the device. Um, and then the final step is to go tell an adult mm-hmm. because... This is it's it's something that a kid is gonna be confused about, um, be very curious about, probably feel like they've done something wrong, and just to tell our kids, hey, when this happens, just call it for what it is. That's pornography. Look away and come tell me, because you don't have to face those thoughts and feelings in your head alone. Let's face them together.
2: Yeah. And then there's a few more steps as they get older. I mean, those images imprint pretty easily to distract yourself. Mm-hmm. Um to make yourself think about something else, to give yourself the tools that break the power of pornography and the addictive qualities. Even just giving our kids the language of what an addiction is. What are the harmful things about pornography? Um, Your brain is designed in certain ways that that's going to stick there, but we have a gracious God who's going to give us other things to think about, to break that hold in our minds.
1: Yeah. She shares this really interesting, um, piece on the thinking brain and the feeling brain. I Mm -hmm. thought that was really fascinating. What did you think about that part,
2: Denise? Yeah. I think I want to learn more about my thinking brain and my feeling brain and how they interact and just to give my kids again, that vocabulary. Mm Okay. Okay. So your feeling brain is going to feel all these things when you see that image. But use your thinking brain, name it as pornography, know that it has some harmful effects.
0: I, I was thinking yeah. I just had one brain, but now I discovered maybe yeah. two. two. Uh, so, so feeling brain would be the, this is not wrong, it's just how you feel, it's just how you're reacting. But thinking brain, is is that more your... But I have some control because my feelings don't drive my life. I, I am able to make choices with my thinking. Is that kind of the right. way that? She, the yeah, way we is? we heard
1: her uh, use the analogy of let's say an ice cream truck pulls up into your neighborhood, which every kid, even us, can recall how exciting that is. Mm. The ice cream truck, you hear the, you hear the tune, um, and it pulls up and stops on the other side of the street across from your house, and our feeling brain is. Very excited, that's the sound, I know that sound. We run and we find 50 cents in the house somewhere and we run outside, totally driven by our feelings of excitement and joy and and whatever else. Um, But we need to engage our thinking brain because we have to cross the street to get to the ice cream truck. And so the thinking brain comes in, hopefully, and prompts a kid to, I need to look both ways. So when they stop and they're looking both ways in that moment, they're engaging their thinking brain, and it kind of quiets the feeling brain, maybe just for a second, but the thinking brain kind of takes control. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought that was a good analogy. And so empowering a kid, when you see a bad picture or pornography, you're going to be feeling a lot of things. Your feeling brain is going to be curious or or shameful or, or whatever feeling that a kid experiences when they see pornography, especially for the first time. But engage your thinking brain. What have we talked about that you can do when, when you see porn? Well, I can I can call it for what it is. I can look away and I can come talk to you about it. Exactly. And when you engage your thinking brain and what do I do right now? It kind of quiets the feeling brain. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think she says, recall that to help fight addiction. Because maybe the next day you're like, gosh, I am thinking about that image again. And um how important it is to tell our kids, the longer you look at an image, the kind of the deeper it is burned into your mind and you'll be able to recall it later. Mm -hmm. And your feeling brain is is going to probably take control and you're going to be thinking about all the feelings that you have related to that image. But you can quiet that by engaging your thinking brain. Come talk to me about it. You know, there's times that I can get wrapped up um, thinking about things Mm -hmm. and just letting my feelings drive me. And that can be... That could be a negative place to just stay and let yourself spiral down in. Like, come talk to someone. Come talk to me. Let's talk about it. Let's engage
0: our thinking brains together. I really like that because I think it's something that we, as parents, um, it takes us a long time to do. But we we go to shame as a as a quick response sometimes. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's that, you're such a bad boy for doing that, or mm-hmm. you shouldn't have looked at that, and, um, and, and it's because we're afraid, and it's because we're trying to control their behavior. But um, there's a separation between things I feel or I'm tempted by and actions I take. Those right. are two different things. Yeah. And right. so I, like, it, it was something we used to say to our kids was, look, you will never get in trouble for something that you saw. Yeah. You will never get in trouble for something that one of your friends showed you. But You need to come and talk with us. Um, and, and even validate the feeling of, um, hey, it's okay that, that you wanted to see that. Yeah. Like when you saw that, you wanted to keep looking at that. I understand that. Your dad does too. Right. Because that's how God has kind of wired us. But we're more in Christ than our feelings. We get to make choices about what we do with that. So it's a way to, um, I like the thinking, feeling, brain. It's a way to make sure that we we validate the normality that boys want to look at things. Right. Uh, That's a normal thing. But we steward that. And I always like to go back to the passage of Scripture that says, uh, in your anger, do not sin. Mm. And I've used that so many times in my voice. It's, it is it is okay that you're angry. It's, it would be weird if you weren't angry about what your brother did. But how you react to that, that's now going to be the sin. So it's not a yeah. sin that you wanted to look at that. It's not a sin that you know, it popped up on your screen. You didn't do anything right. wrong. Yeah. But the choice that you make after that, thats um, mm. that's where we get in trouble
1: let yeah, that's good. You were talking about how you don't want to just focus on all the negative and the fear and the bad um, so that we're basically teaching our kids, like, hey, sex is really bad and it will hurt you and hurt your heart and you have to stay away from it. I think that we, my generation was kind of a victim of, of that mindset, mm-hmm. um, the purity culture that just erupted when I was a teenager. True love waits. Gosh, it was, we had purity rings that <laughs> I had a purity ring. Um, these things are beautiful. And, and I, I thank God for them in my life. They were helpful boundaries for me. Yeah. But in looking back, I think, gosh, I want to do better for my daughters. Because I remember growing up thinking it was 100% on me as a female to not cause my male friends to stumble, to sin, like that, I just thought this is on me. And then being raised in that culture, it was really interesting to then get married young, which I did. And then suddenly like this switch is yeah. supposed to flip. And now years of what i had been taught should just go away. And now it's all freedom and good and excitement. Um, and I think any, any uh, newlywed experiences that. But I just remember in, in my mind and heart, that was a really hard transition to make. And I think it was because I kind of only heard the bad stuff. Like I know I know that that some of the messages I heard talked about what God created us for and the hopes that He has for us. But there was a lot of emphasis yeah. on the bad things that will happen. Um, yeah.
2: and almost the idea that the feeling is wrong, unless you're right. 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 Like yeah. you shouldn't even have that level of attraction. So yes, yeah. to be able to explain it's normal that you feel that way. That's a God-given desire. Um, yeah. But we have to use self-control in the mm-hmm. right instances. And I love something you said to some of the high schoolers last year about the term sexual integrity. Yes. Because you can make a mistake and still choose again to have sexual integrity. Right. And so actually, I had my purity ring from when I was young and I started wearing it again, just as a reminder, like, I still need sexual integrity. Right. Yes. Um, That's not something I'm done with now that I'm married. Right.
0: I I, I, yeah. I love that. I, and I wish I'd heard that in high school because I mm-hmm. felt like the message that was out there was, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. And then if some, you did do something or someone did cross a line, there really wasn't anything on the other side of that. It's yeah. Like, well... And that classic illustration that it it, it seems so powerful at the time, and now I realize it's the most horrible illustration in the history of our universes of illustrations. And I, I know exactly and what you're <laughs> about saying. Where here's a rose. Oh. We're gonna pass this rose around the room. Everybody feel the rose. Isn't it pretty? And then people, you know, go around the YouTube world, touch it, smell it. And then and then the rose would get back to the front, and the guy. With you know now it's it's kind of been mushed and mangled a little bit it's not very pretty and he goes this this rose has lost its beauty it's who wants this rose now and kind of the the thought was if you are going to be sexually active and you know, outside of marriage and all these things that you're 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 damaging who you are and I know what the heart was behind that but then there's that thought of well who will want that rose and I'm thinking well. That's great as a scare tactic for me not to cross that line. But what about this person who did? Right. And then there's another layer to it where it felt like the rose was always the woman.
1: Yeah. That was weird. always.
0: Yeah. And I remember uh, I heard uh, Matt Chandler one time was preaching and he was telling this story about how bad that was. And he said, and the guy held up the rose and said, "Who wants that rose?" And he goes, "I screamed out, Jesus does. Oh. He wants that rose. Oh, he so beautiful." I was like, "Yes." Yeah. So. Uh, we can communicate just the, the negative and the fear, and we haven't always done it right. But just going to want to model that. Hey, mom and I love each other. Or mom and I are when we have our door closed, you know, we're yeah. we're having time for us together, or whatever, so that they they see that this is a natural, healthy part of it. Right. right. Instead of just that, all of this is yeah wrong because there's no grace if if they don't understand right. And, and the reality is, for many people listening to this. Um, there's a good percentage that your kids are going to make um, wrong choices with what they look at, with what they do with their bodies. Mm-hmm. And this goes back to what you were saying, Susie. It's not just about if, if the standard of parenting is, did I control or manage their behavior? That's going to break you. But yeah. if there's a heart there. Yeah. Because um, God does want those rules.
1: Yeah. And it's not just going to break us as parents, it's going to break our kids. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not going to. They're not going to measure up. That's not fulfilling for their purpose to be to meet our all our expectations. You know, um, yeah, that's something that we practice in our student ministry, um, and I practice. My husband and I practice this at home. We don't. We don't use the word sexual purity anymore. Um, yeah, because like you said, that's great for the kid who is too afraid to make that choice, or God protects them, or gosh, that they are convicted and and. Hold themselves to this set of ideals, and that's beautiful, but what about that kid that that has has made a choice that they regret yeah. and I don 't know what the percentage is, but I know there are a lot of teenagers like that sitting in our youth group, and i don 't ever want to communicate to them yeah well you, you that's too bad you know yeah. you, you made that mistake, and now you 're not pure. No one would ever say that you 're not pure if you have sex before marriage, but if we 're always talking about sexual purity being abstaining from sex, then The kid who's done it before is going to automatically think, well, I'm not pure. Mm -hmm. And so we use the word sexual integrity. And I think what that also allows us to do is to push the conversation out wider than just teens. I'm talking at you about the fact that you need to be Mm -hmm. sexually pure. Mm -hmm. So, no, let's talk about sexual integrity. And I say this every year. We do a series called The Talks. um, and, And I say this every year to them. Sexual integrity is something that every person in this room is fighting for. And there are adults in the room, I'm in the room, uh, Mark, our youth pastor's in the room, other adult small group leaders who are married, some are single. No matter what your phase is in life, we're all fighting for sexual integrity. And I think that makes it a less scary conversation. Um, helps teens not feel alone. Oh, we're all in this together. There's not an adult up here who's telling me what I should and shouldn't do. We're all in the same boat together fighting for this value that's worth fighting for.
2: I think it puts sex in its place as a part of a relationship too instead of making it the focus of your relationship Mm
0: -hmm. i even
2: was talking to an adult friend who's single and in a relationship and her mom is pressuring them to get married because she's worried they're going to go too far Mm -hmm. and should we rush into marriage Mm -hmm. so that we don't cross some purity line like that has other ramifications right that Our sexual integrity is a part of a whole person relationship, Mm -hmm. and the more we can give little pieces of that, like you were talking about the modesty, the respect conversations that come before Mm -hmm. the other more in-depth talks, we can just keep building those pieces with our kids.